Matthew chapter 18, uh, when you find it, if you would stand with me, we're just going to read one verse. Why do we stand just in respect for the Lord? If you're able to stand, respect for the Lord, make sure you're standing in your heart, most of all, amen, to honor the word of God and what he's given us. It's the only tangible thing we have that is from heaven. The only thing. The only thing that is not of this earth is the word of God. Amen? Amen. And did you know when you are born again, you're born of his word. And you now are no longer a part of this world. Amen? We're not of this world anymore. So as Christians, we are of heaven. People ask me, what nationality are you? I said, I'm uh, from heaven. Chapter 18, verse 20, the Bible says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And uh, we claim this verse. We love this verse. Let's uh, open a prayer. Father, we come to you in this hour asking you, Lord, to meet with us. Help us, Lord, uh, as we open the word of God now. Lord, we need help, Father, that uh, no one can help us with. Uh, You are the great physician. And uh, Lord, I pray that each one of us now will seek you, Lord, while we're uh, sitting. Lord, I pray that you would just still our hearts, our lives, our minds, give us that peace, the joy that you said no man shall take away. I pray, oh Lord, you'll establish that in our lives right now. Father, give us the help we need as your word, Father, infiltrates our joints and marrow and as a discerner of our thoughts and intents of the heart. It's the only thing in this world that can go deep, deep down to the very root of the cause of the issues, Lord, and change and bless. Send your word now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I. In the midst of them. Now, some, some of us don't want Jesus in our lives. Uh, some of us don't want Jesus uh, in our day-to-day uh, walk. We, we want Jesus at church, of course. Uh, but when we leave, uh, we have our own uh, agenda. And can Jesus get involved in, in your daily affairs? Amen? Can, can Jesus sit on a couch next to you uh, with the shows you're watching? Uh, or, or what you're doing or in your, in your day-to-day life at work uh, or your thoughts. Can Jesus partake in your thoughts, uh, what you think about, what you fantasize about? Uh, is it pure? Is it blessed by the Lord? Uh, and sometimes we have to excuse the Lord out of our lives uh, so that we can partake in things that we know are not uh, um, pleasing to him. He's not going to bless and he's not going to partake in it. Uh, but let me say this. When you are with Jesus... There is such a rest. There's such a peace. There's such a love. It's carefree. I asked this one Christian, I said, how would you like to live a carefree life? He said, oh, I'm so full of care and worry and anxiety. 
uh, I would love to just live carefree. Now, some people's definition of that is winning the lottery or, or getting this money or, or, and so forth. But listen, that all comes with cares. Everything in this life comes with cares. I remember growing up, you, you know, you want that new pair of sneakers because uh, your, your, your sneakers are they're getting old. But let me say this, the old sneakers you didn't have to care about. But when you get those new pair of sneakers, you used to have to buy that uh, $50 uh, sneaker cleaning kit uh, and, and scrub the little scuff marks off. It, it brought more care. And you see, the things, the more you have, the more you have to care about. And, and it brings more stress and more labor. And, and there, you cannot escape uh, the cares of this world, the cares of this life without Jesus. Jesus said, uh, casting all your cares upon him. He said, I will take I will take your burden. I will take uh, you, that yoke that you are carrying around and that you are trudging through with in this world with. Uh, but take my yoke upon you, for it is light and easy to bear. And he said, you will find a rest, a rest even unto your soul. For there is a rest uh, for the people of God. Amen. There is a rest when they were going through the wilderness and uh, they, they found no place to rest with their feet. And they didn't have a, a home to rest in. Uh, the Bible says because they didn't believe God, that God would deliver them uh, into the promised land. But they saw the giants and it was too much for them. And so they, they resisted God and resisted his word. And the, and the men of God, Joshua and Caleb, the good report that, the, that they uh, gave and they believed the 10 bad ones and they had a fear in their lives and uh, because they believed that, God uh, allowed them to go through the wilderness for 40 years. Every day that the spies were in the land of Canaan, the 40 days, God multiplied it by a year. So the children of Israel were cursed for 40 years walking through the wilderness until every one of them, the Bible says, uh, were filled with labor and filled with care. And they just dropped dead one by one. And none of them were able to see the promised land. But God never left them. You know, Moses had to go with them. Joshua had to go with them. Caleb had to go with them. Uh, when Je Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, uh, the weeping prophet, uh, pleaded uh, to the Lord to deliver the people and to have mercy on the people, and he was bur so burdened uh, because of the people, and he saw the temple being destroyed and uh, God's people taken. Uh, he told the, the, the remnant of the people that were left uh, not to go into Egypt. Uh, but when they refused to listen to Jeremiah, which was telling, uh, which God told him to go into Babylon with the others, for God will protect them there. Amen. Uh, they refused to listen to Jeremiah. They refused to listen to the word of God that God gave to Jeremiah. And they went into Egypt anyway to their death. But you know what? Jeremiah went with them. He saw them there and he went with them to the very end and he, he, he prayed with them. He stayed with them. You see, God, even when you make bad decisions, God's still going to be with you. But don't confuse it with you making a good decision. Oh, God's still with me. I must have made a good decision. No, you made a bad decision. But God's mercy is there with you. You know, uh, God's protection is still there with you. But the further you go against God, the more trials, the more tribulation, the more distress, the more despair you're going to bring on yourself. God's never going to leave you or forsake you. Jesus promised that. I would never. I could never. What such love that he would lay down his life for his friends. What such love that took him to the cross. For God so loved. How can anyone that loves you so much leave you? You can't. 
You're, when someone has such burning love for you, he's going to be after you. He's going to be uh, knocking on the door of your heart every second. He's going to be pleading to spend time with you. He's going to desire your, your uh, fellowship. He's going to desire you to wake up in the middle of the night and pray with him. He's going to desire to talk to you through his word. He's going to desire you. Why? Because he loves you. When you have someone like that in your life, they're never going to leave you. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, love is such a powerful a force that derives from God Almighty. God is love. And that love is, was proven on the cross, and he displayed it and showed it. But God commendeth his love toward us. That means he showed it to us. And while we were yet sinners, that means we have nothing to offer him. Sin is what took him there. Sin is what drives us between us and God. Sin is what breaks the fellowship. Sin is the reason why Adam and Eve were removed from the garden. Sin is that very thing that separates us between our walk and God. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. His love, you cannot resist it. It's going to be there whether you love God or not. His goodness is, uh, you cannot resist it. It's going to be there whether you're good to God or not. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. We like to say, oh, we have two or three. Uh, we're going to have a Bible study. Jesus is going to be there. I hope he is. But you see, the problem is that a lot of times we are not gathered together in his name. You know, it says here, we're two or three. I ask, well, why, why can't I have in my own prayer life, in my own Bible reading time when I'm alone with God, why doesn't the Lord uh, meet with me then if, if uh, or, or is there and his presence is there? Because it doesn't say just one. It says we're two. You see, he says, there am I in the midst. And I was asking, Lord, Lord, why, why is it just two or three? Two or three or more. Why, why is that, that? Why can't it just be one? You see, because Christ has to be the center. You, you cannot come to church with you, for you. He says two or three. You cannot have a center with just one and Christ. That means you're on a, you put yourself on the same plane as the Lord. For Christ to be centered, there has to be two other people and Christ says the center. That means it cannot be about yourself. It's not talking about the actual number. It's talking about you. It cannot be just about you. If it's just about you, then Jesus will not be there in the midst. He will not share his glory with another. He has to be the center of our lives. He has to be the one we're looking to. You cannot come to church uh, with uh, you with your problems, with your cares, with the world, with the worries. It has to be about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, we're two or three. That means that Christ is the center of those people. When you make Christ the center and you are gathered together, not in your uh, depression, not because you 
uh, you need some help, not because you uh, are in a spiritual moment, not because you uh, are feeling good, not because you uh, woke up on the good side of the bed. No, because you are here for the name of Jesus. And you have a, a love that you want to give back to him because he loves you. And then you're acknowledging that uh, you need to glorify his name. The Bible says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Glory, his glory, his magnificence, his beauty, his splendor, his prestige, his, his majesty, his divine presence as his glory. The glory of God we need today to fall down in our lives. We need the glory of God to fall in our families. We need the glory of God to fall in our homes. We need the glory of God to fall when, when we're praying. We need the glory of God to fall down from the gates of glory all the way down to descend upon God's people. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The Bible says, enter into his courts with Praise and be thankful unto him. We cannot meet in our name. No matter how good of a person you are, how great you think you are, we cannot meet in his name. We must meet in the name of Jesus. And it does not matter who you are or what you've done or where you've been or what kind of sins you brought in those doors today. It does not matter for we're all sinners. And we only have one that is truly in love with us and whose glory never changes, and his glory he does not share with another. For he is king of kings and lord of lords. He is the alpha and the mega. He said, when you make me your center, the center of your life. So some people, we come in, there's, I met people that, that, that come to church and say, well, I, I'm only here for myself. I'm a lone ranger. It's just me and the Lord. You're not going to be able to meet with the Lord today. Because you are putting yourself on an equal uh, playing ground with the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, we're two. That means you don't have your eyes on yourself. Uh, you have it on Christ because you're making Christ the center. We, make, uh, we want Christ in the center of our marriage. Listen, you can't be thinking about what your spouse has done to you or the, the problems you're having in your marriage. You need to make Christ the center of your home. If you start thinking about yourself then, friend, you're not going to have Christ as the center. You must keep your eyes on Jesus. He gave you commandments to abide by. He gave you uh, the instruction uh, and, and, and the, the, the word of God to help your heart, mind, and soul. He's provided the full armor of God for every situation, for every cause. And he said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Oh, two or three. If you have a, a home today, you can have Christ as center. If you are putting Christ in your daily walk, uh, you can have Christ as center of everything you do. And where Christ is, the glory of God will fall. And you'll have the presence of Almighty God there in your life. Remove yourself aside today. Let's move over to 2 Chronicles 
The Bible says in 2 Chronicles, when the temple of God was built in chapter 7 of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 2 Chronicles, that's in the Old Testament. You just keep flipping through, you'll find it. It's there. Amen. Second Chronicles. Sometimes I look over at other people, like, and they'll be in Corinthians or. Second Chronicles is in the back, or it, uh, sorry, there's a beginning in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles chapter seven verse one. The Bible says, "Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house." You know, we want God to receive us. We want God to receive our lives. We want God to be pleased with us. We want God to be pleased and receive our sacrifice and what we do. You want the Lord to do that. When God receives your sacrifice that you give to him, whether it be your time, whether it be your gifts, whether it be your treasures, whatever you give him, whatever you do for him, in the name of the Lord, the Bible says you shall not lose your reward in heaven. You want God to receive it, that you may receive a blessing from him. God will bless. You say, I don't, want, I, don't, I don't care about the blessing, I just want to give. God will bless. God will bless you with that peace. God will bless you with something from heaven. When Solomon, when he was done praying, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Verse 2, and the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Even the priests could not contend with the glory of God. Amen? They had no room uh, in the house of the Lord when the presence of God is there. There is no man, no woman, how great, how righteous, how holy, is able to stand in the presence of the glory of God. It is more powerful. It supersedes everything on this earth. That's why Christ must have preeminence. When you get the glory of God filling your life, uh, there is nothing that can stand in its way. Every knee, the Bible says, shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The foundations of hell shake, and every devil bows the knee at the name of Jesus Christ. Every wicked, every foul spirit, the Bible says, submits to the name of Jesus, submits to the presence of God. And we need the glory of God in our lives today. We need to just get back to old-fashioned uh, prayer, old-fashioned Bible reading, old-fashioned praising, amen, for the Lord Jesus Christ must have preeminence in our life. Jesus said, when you are gathered together in my name, when two, if you're living for yourself today, if, it's, if your life is all about yourself, you will never have the presence of God on you. 
you never will. If your marriage is all about you, you never will have the presence of God in your marriage and in your home. If your life revolves around you, you never will have the presence of God in your life. For it says there must be two. That means there must be a center. If your life revolves around you, then you are trying to lift yourself up and put yourself as the same plane as the Lord Jesus Christ. And one day, you will bow the knee. But if you bow now, amen, and you humble yourself, the Bible says in verse 14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, there's commandments there, from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We want the healing, but we must have the presence first. Amen. We want the blessing, but we need the glory of God to fall from heaven upon our lives today and give us that blessing. The priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord. Amen. The devils cannot enter into your house because of the glory of God will be there. Uh, the locusts cannot uh, consume the blessing of God uh, upon you because the glory of God is there. Amen? Uh, nothing shall have or overtake you because the glory of God is there in your life. Nothing can withstand the glory of God and the presence of God Almighty. Ask God, seek the Lord while he may be found. The Bible says, knock, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. The priests could not enter. They could not even enter. It starts a salvation. There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you're not saved today, it does not matter how righteous, or how religious, how many times you go to church, you must have the Lord Jesus Christ on the door of your heart. Amen. His blood. Uh, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, Jesus said. The Bible says, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by his mercy and love over he saved us. By the washing and regeneration of the Holy Ghost, we need the blood of Christ. I like the Passover story. When the death angel was coming, they, they took the blood of the lamb, the blood of the lamb. That lamb had to be spotless, never a broken bone, amen, symbolizing not, not one bone would be broken. The Bible says every bone was out of joint, but not one bone broken. He would be spotless, that lamb, without blemish, without spot, to symbolize Christ. And they took the blood, and the Bible says they, 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 would, they, would, they would get the brush, and they would wipe around the door, the lentil and the side post. And when the death angel came, he saw the blood, and it did not matter who was in the house didn't matter. We start nitpicking people. Yeah. Don't matter. It don't matter. I'm a sinner. Amen. Dig into me and you're going to find sin and dirt. I'm made from the dirt. Naked I came and naked I shall go. We're all people. I can throw, throw the most beautiful suit on and carry the biggest Bible ever made but I still cannot enter into the house of God.
because of the glory of the Lord is there. You can try your hardest. Friend, we need the glory of God. You can never obtain. Why? Because we're just a sinner. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But we need that glory of God in our lives. We need his presence today. And for you to have Christ, you must have the blood. For it is the blood that washes away every sin. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Your good works can never take away the sins of the past. We should do what's right, but it has nothing to do with what, what, for what we did was wrong. That might cover our conscience, but Jesus says, I want to purge your conscience once and for all, amen, of all those things that you did in the past. I want to take your sins and remove them from you as far as the east is from the west. He said, I want to take your sin and cast it in the depths of the sea and remember it no more. And there God gave us the true definition of forgiveness, to remember it no more. We like to bring up the past. The Bible says, an unrighteous man, he diggeth up evil, but a righteous man covereth it. Why? Because the Lord, when he forgives you, he forgets it once and for all. And you can stand before the presence of God, before the glory of God, and say, I'm not worthy to enter in there. Uh, the priests, they tried, but they were kicked out. Amen. Uh, I'm not worthy to enter in, but I'm thankful he's here with us. Amen. I'm not worthy uh, to be, come before the Lord and pray, but I'm thankful. He said to come boldly unto the throne of grace, that you may find mercy and obtain mercy in time of need. You will find our help and mercy and get that grace in our time of need. Come boldly, he said. Why? Because of the glory of God. If you're not saved today, you need the blood. Christian, you need the glory of God in your life. You need the touch. You need the presence of God. It, doesn't, it, it takes obeying the Lord. Look what he said in verse 14. If my people, are you willing? Are you willing to have Christ as center? you got to get yourself aside. You, you cannot be uh, on the same level as the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And if you're making your life about you, that's just called old-fashioned pride. If everything revolves around you, if, if, you're, if your problems revolve around you, if you're... Uh, uh, daily affairs revolve around you, then Christ can never be center. It's impossible. For you must have two to have a center. If it's you and you want Christ, there's no center. Christ has to be the center. He said, I want to be in the midst. That way you can keep your eyes on me. I want to be in the midst. And nothing can get in. Christ is in between. Nothing. Not the problems, not the cares, not the depression, not the anxiety. Keep Christ as center. He said, if my people, this is an opportunity now. If. He lays it out. If. If my people. If you're saved today, this is, this is verse is talking about you. Amen. If. If my people. If my people. That means it's not going to automatically happen. That means we got to take initiative and get uh, uh, grounded in ourselves and get a hold of the horns on the altar and cry out to God and plead with our heart and say, what, what, what direction am I headed? Where am I going today? Where do I stand with the Lord? Where's my life going? I'm just living my days. I'm working and going to bed and working and going to bed and working and going to bed. And my time is passing by. 
and I have but so many years left to live for the Lord. He said, if my people, that means God's not going to force you. This is an if, because some are going to listen and some are not. Some are going to do. Some are going to start, but, but quit. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. That's the first step. If you looked in the mirror, I hope you see Christ and not yourself. When you look in that mirror, you ought to see Jesus. Your life just ought to be about Jesus. You ought not to say, you know, I'm not looking too good. I got my, got these dark circles here. Got gray hairs now. You ought to see Jesus. If you're humble, and then the Bible says in your pray. We pray sometimes, and we bring out ourselves in our prayer. First is the humility. You make, it, you make Christ the center, and then your prayer is an open fellowship. Sometimes when, when my mind is so occupied, I may be with my wife, but my mind is somewhere else. It's all about me, my work, my, my day. My, and I'm talking, but I'm not there. Why? Because I'm so prideful. And you can tell. And it's a wedge in between our marriage and our relationship. And it's a broken communication. And I can make excuse, yeah, I prayed, or yeah, I, I, I'd spent time or talked. But Jesus knows. He didn't cover just one sin. When he died on the cross, he said, it's finished. And it was the most absolute love portrayed. And when we spend time with him, unless we're emptied out, how can he fill us? If we come full of ourselves, we'll leave full of ourselves. We must come empty and broken, a broken and contrite heart that will not despise. And you pray. And then he says, you're going to have to seek my face. But Lord, I thought just praying was enough. I'm a busy person. Yeah, humble. Then you pray. And then you start seeking his face. Why? Because you're going to have to start sifting. When you're in prayer, the phone's going to ring. The, the filthy thoughts are going to come out. The problems are going to start coming forth. Anxiety comes. The children are going to be knocking on the door. And you're going to have to sift through all the rubble of your life. And the Lord is trying to show you that these things have been taking you away from him. And you're going to have to choose to stay in prayer. And then you're going to have to choose to keep seeking the Lord through that rubble and through the tornado and through the earthquake and through the hurricane till you hear the still small voice whisper and tell you things that never have entered into your heart before. The hidden secret things that belong to the Lord that are given unto his children. 
things that the eye hath not seen nor the ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man. And then he's going to tell you, there's things in your life that I want out. We all got them. We all do. When you move through this world, you get dirty. There is no option about that. Unless you get into the glory of God to burn it off, we all have it. You can't just pray for two seconds. Lord, forgive me for my sin. Amen. And get up and think you're clean. You try jumping in the shower for two seconds. That's your outward man. How much more your inward man needs to help. Our thoughts are a testimony of what's inside. Our lusts are a testimony of what's inside. Our desires are a testimony of what's inside. And if all of them have been good this week, then you're okay. But if not, then you need to get burned up by the glory of God. Let him clean you. And turn from their wicked ways. Then, then will I hear from heaven. Oh, to have the Lord's touch on your life. It's worth it. Martha, Martha, thou art troubled about many things. But Mary, Mary hath chosen the good part. What was Mary doing? Mary was doing nothing. Nothing. She was doing nothing. And that's what we need to do sometimes too. When we're sitting at the feet of Jesus, we're thinking about nothing else but him. We're talking about nothing else but him. We're just looking into his eyes and listening. What was Mary doing? Nothing. And Jesus said, she hath chosen the good part, the good thing that shall never be taken away from her. We're too busy in our lives. And if we're too busy, you're going to find yourself broken down one day and destroyed. And you got to ask yourself now, Lord, what is life that thou art mindful of him? Lord, what is life? Teach me, O Lord, to number my days. Teach me, O Lord, what life is truly about. And help me to live a life that is worth living. When the glory fell, we're going to close. Let's have the piano player come. When the glory of God fell, the priests could not even enter. They could not enter. You don't have to be a priest today. It doesn't do no good. But now, if you're saved, you are a royal priesthood, First Peter says. A chosen generation who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul and having your conversation honest, honest. Oh, friend, let the glory of God fall today in your life. Get your walk back with the Lord. If the devil stole it, get it back. Take it back. Get a hold of the horns on the altar and plead with God and ask God, God, give me a life that is worth living again. 
I'm a nobody, I'm a nothing, Lord, but I have Christ. And I want your glory to fall today. Maybe you need the glory of God to fall in your home today. Listen, if you're making your home about you, you never have Christ as center. You can never have Christ. You need to make it about him. Wherever you're at today, Christian friend, maybe you're here and you're not saved. Today may it be the day of salvation, the day where you receive Christ as your Savior, the day where you wipe the blood on the door of your heart, and it didn't matter who was inside. As long as that blood was there, death passed over. Wherever we're at, let's all stand. Would you come and plead with the Lord today? Lord, altar's open. Lord, I'm coming down to grab hold of the altar of God. I want the glory of God in my life. I'm tired of my walk with you, of my fellowship with you being broken. I need you, Jesus. I want the presence of the Lord to fall. Bible says when he made an end of praying that the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifices you want God to receive you today you want God to receive your life you need to make it about him and I guarantee you everywhere where it's not about Christ that's where the problem is the struggles we have today is because we've allowed things that are not about Jesus in our life. The things that Jesus does not accept. We have too many broken homes and broken hearts and broken lives. But where Jesus is, there's healing. There's power. For every knee bows at the name of Jesus. Every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm going to be there. Stop making our lives about us. Make it about him.
may be seated. We're going to have a baptism. Katrina, amen. Um, amen. Katrina gave me her testimony of salvation. Uh, she uh, wants to come and be baptized in a, in a, a Bible-believing church, amen, and join the church here. And thank God for her testimony and walk with the Lord, her, her heart for Jesus, amen. Something you cannot take away from her, and it, it shows, it shines, Amen. And uh, Katrina, would you like to uh, give a testimony? Amen. I was just giving a testimony about how I came to the Lord. And I was just speaking to Alyssa. And I said, um, when I was younger, I worked at Prudential. And I met my best girlfriend, Esther, in the back. And (laughs) praise God for her. Praise God for her. I'm so grateful to God that he put her in my life. I was ripping and running. I, there was the, the stories would be long in that area. But she, she told me one day, she said, Katrina, it's not about as good how good you are. She goes, it doesn't matter how good you are. You're not going to get to heaven by your being good. Amen. You're going to get to heaven by Jesus Christ. And I said, something in my spirit shook me, and I knew what she said was the truth. And she hung in there with me, even though it, it took a while. You know, when, when you're in sin, it, it just doesn't fall off of you. But she was always a friend, and she always gave good, godly, wise counsel. Amen. And I'm so grateful to her today because, you know, that God puts people in your life. And, and when you look back and you see all that he's done, his hand was on me before she got there. But he sent her for me, and she always gave his word. And and she is an example to me, and I just praise God for her. And I just give thanks, too, that God has brought me to this church. When I came through the door, let me tell you, saints, I was just rejoicing. I said I knew when I came through the door the spirit was here, and this is my church home. Amen. 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 And I'm ready to run the race. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Esther, your testimony for the Lord. Amen. Keep preaching the gospel. That's, that's a good testimony. Praise God. All right. Uh, Katrina, did you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Amen. Amen. Katrina, based on your profession of faith, I'm going to baptize you. Katrina, based on your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
Amen. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much uh, for testimonies that we heard today. Lord, uh, another joy, Lord, to hear Esther preaching the gospel at work. May we all uh, have that testimony and share the gospel to not be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, oh God, that you would bless Katrina and her walk with you. May her life be a testimony uh, of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. May all of us partake uh, daily in, in carrying the cross and running the race that is set before us. May we go out these doors now with our uh, shoes girded with the gospel of peace and ready to run the race. I pray, O oh Lord, you'll bless us, put a special touch. May we seek you with our, all of our heart, and may the glory of God, Lord, be with all of us. In Jesus' name, and that we ask, pray these things. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.